Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, grappling fans? Who's the first one that you heard of today mentally in the game? We're going to be fighting all our matches up in pretty close. Hey, what's going on, grappling fans? Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One? Episode 59, Mike. We're almost going to break 60. Man, we are steamrolling through these things, huh? Cruising. Yeah, cruising along, doing five a week. Today's guests are two of the nicest people off the mats, but absolute beasts on the mats. I'm talking about power couple Manuel Hibamar and Nachelli De Jesus. They're calling in from Texas. Fellow Texans here, transplants from Brazil. Hello, guys. How you guys doing down there? How's life for you two? <laughs> yeah, How's... it's doing good. Uh, a lot of like, you know, workouts and challenge, and now with everything that's getting back to normal, it's I'm just happy, you know. Like finally, we're gonna get out home and then do our work at the gym. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What have you guys been doing to uh, stay busy? I, I've seen some training. I saw some kind of challenge go out. How have you guys been killing the time during quarantine? So, um, in the beginning, I was studying a lot, reading a lot of books, you know, reading the Bible. And then whenever he, uh, he started this challenge, um, I start with him, you know, to motivate him and also to train because I was like two weeks without training. Joe's eating a lot, watching <laughs> movies. So now we've been training almost every day, right, baby? Yes, he has been training a little bit more than me, but he's been doing good. He's doing good. Yeah, speaking of training, uh, Hibimar, you have one of you have a match coming. This is, I mean, it's been a while since we've had somebody on here talk about an upcoming I'm match. I forget how to preview stuff, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you you have one of the the very first events coming up. Uh, Third Coast Grappling is having an eight man tournament, and and you're in there. What do you think about that, Hibmar? Man, it's gonna be a, like a huge event. I think it's gonna he's gonna bring a lot of like tough guys, and actually this is what keep us moving. You know, like keep us like inspired to you know do more. I've been training a lot. There's like four or five super good guys that is going to join. And I'm just ready to test my jiu-jitsu, you know, like I want to keep on the streak, you know, like winning, winning, if it's of the will of God, we'll see. 
It's a 180-pound uh, gi tournament. What's your weight right now like, Kevin Meyer? Are you going to be able to make that? Now, right now I'm 198, but I come in, like, it's been, like, about, like, six, no, it's been two, it's almost, like, to finish the 21 days challenge, but I came all the way from 213, Whew. and, yeah, man. Heavyweight. <laughs> Enjoying yourself on quarantine. I had, I had to have, like, a help of a health coach. Actually, I just want to do a big shout-out to my health coach, Natalia Chantry. And she's been helping me a lot, you know, losing weight. And it's it's good because the, this tournament came in a good time. I'm already on the with the mindset to lose all this weight, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some good guys in there. Who's Izaki's in there, Lucas Valente. We got Jake Watson, Hibmar, of course. Uh, Roberto Jimenez is in there. Braguinha, uh, Pedro Mourinho, and William Tackett is stepping up there. So some interesting, yeah. interesting matches. Nice, nice. Uh, What's the... What's the guy you would like to face most out of those of those names there? Um, Isaac, for sure. Isaac. What's what's exciting about that match to you? Well, like I uh, just want to beat him one more time, so that way I can I can actually draw the times that we fought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you beat him at like a a Grand Slam or King of Match. King or of Match, yeah, right? right? Yes, yes. So one time he beat me on Worlds, I, I believe, yeah. and then the other time he beat me on. On the was actually on a AJ Pete also in Abu Dhabi. It was like a was like half decision match. Like it was like two referees gave yeah, to him, draw, one man. gave to me. It was a draw. Well, I believe that I fought better. <laughs> always right. So, yeah, but you know, like I was excited to fight. He's very explosive um, and. I'm very passive, but I have a good game to handle him. Who else or handle you, anybody? <laughs> who else have you fought from this card? I think you fought Jake at a fight to win, right? Did you fight Jake recently? I, I did. I did. Well, I fought Jake, and I actually think I lost the match, but it was submission only. He had, I think, he had more submission attempts. Oh. But you know, like, uh, I think it was just my day. I I I really want to fight him again, so. I don't like to draw or think I lost. I just want to fight and win. <laughs> Lucas Lucas is a good matchup. Uh, he's got a great lasso guard. You love to pass. I'm sure you'd like to attempt that. Man, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to wait for him to pull and try to pass his guard until, until, the, until the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> Nacieli, what do you think uh, Hibmar has to do to, to stay focused and be on his – best game for this a lot of, a lot of really good guys in this tournament uh, you have a you know close eye on his training and preparation how is he gonna perform his best that weekend uh, I I'm hundred percent sure that he's gonna perform uh, performance really good uh, he's been training a lot uh, even like on the night time whenever it's 11 p.m. time to sleep he's been like you know lifting weights so it's impressive and he's really focused. I think now uh, his mind is on the right place, you know, and he understood more about to be a real black belt, you know. And these rules, I think, is really good for mm -hmm. him also because for Hiba, I think he has a really, really good uh, on top and also on bottom. So we're going to work some strategies, right, baby? And I'm sure he's going to fight good with anyone 
Yeah, uh, you touched on something there about the mindset. He, me and you talked about this after Euros. That it's like you had done something that you had turned the corner because it used to be like you would show up, you would beat somebody good, like you tap Cal Sands at Pans, and then you would lose in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. But the last last six months or so, it seems like you've really turned a corner where you figured it out, right? Yeah. So I like uh, like you were saying, like I feel like a super Saiyan. <laughs> Super Saiyan, <laughs> Dragon Ball C. <laughs> so every, every you look, you look like I, one of Euros, man. <laughs> every time when I fight someone good and I come back always better, it's because it, this is. I think this is the way that I am. You know, like it's for me it needs to be everything like, like you know, like slow. I need to really understand what I'm doing, and I think right now it's everything start to make sense. You know. For sure, uh, and then now, now I feel like I'm ready. You know, before you know, I, even though I said like I say to people like, "No, I'm ready. I'm the I'm the man. I'm gonna do it." But this was only my words. You know, it was not the the thing that I was actually believing in my heart. And now I have more faith, I believe. And you know, like I just like I'm just I don't know. Maybe it's just it's a good phase. You know, like. And I'm also, sure. I think you would um, help him a lot was teaching classes, you know. As soon as he started the gym, I don't know, I think his mind open, you know. was I think it was a great thing for Hiva. Absolutely. It looks like you're not going to be the only guy cutting weight here because there's some big dudes going down to 180. you got Roberto Jimenez, usually a heavyweight. Braguinha. Braguinha is a pretty thick, medium heavyweight. That's an interesting one because that's an old friend and training partner of yours. Uh, what what are you guys gonna do if you come across Braguinha? I'm sure there's no closeouts at this event. Uh, yeah, so uh, Braguinha, he's a, he's he's still my friend. You know, I still speak with him a lot. Not like uh, we used to. Um, we used to train together. I used to, you know, we used to go like get breakfast and eat lunch together and everything. But now we we took like different paths. We're gonna fight. I'm pretty sure that he 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 loves to fight and he would love to fight me too, and so it will be a good match, you know. It will be a actually a good training <laughs> because we train we train for a long time. That for me is not even gonna be a match. It's gonna be like a, a a good session of training. I know that he, you know, like he's super good, and I, you know, like I'm just happy because uh, he became world champion. First than me and in the gi, so like I believe that he be, for for a little bit he was he became even like inspiration for me, you know. Yeah, are, are you? Be, be, yeah, because when you when you see like your your friends getting that first than you, it's just it's, it's just like a gas for you to you know be inspiring and know that you was on was right on the on the right on the right uh, way. You just have to put everything together and go for it. Yeah, you have to really be looking forward. I mean, obviously everybody's looking forward to getting back into it, but uh, you had as much momentum as anyone when things sort of – you had to have been one of the favorites to win Worlds this year when everything got canceled. So you have to really be itching to get back out there and compete, right? Yeah, so it's crazy. Like when you when you start – when you sometimes you, you become a promise and then – if you're not, if you're just not ready to pay the price for to be this promise, and people just will forget you because you will fail, you know. So I took all the, 
you know, all the lessons about all these moments, you know, that I that I was like actually called as one of the favorites to win worlds. And now I just, you know, I don't I don't want to be the I I just don't want to feel that that I am the best of the best, but I I want to feel that I'm a really like hard worker that I go there and show my best, you know, do my best. What about you, Nachella? You got any plans coming up? You got any any matches you're looking for? Are you ready to compete? No, uh, no yet. So before this this virus, everything, right? Uh, I was supposed to fight Anna, Anna Vieira, um, who's number one. Yeah. And I was very excited to this match. Actually, we are draw too. She beat me twice. I beat her too. So. Uh, but now I, I don't know. Like uh, I Seth messaged me right from Fight Twin, and he sent me the schedule and everything. And I told him I'm ready whenever you want. Just send me the fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. But nothing yet. I don't have anything in mind yet. Yeah, he's got a few Texas events coming up. I'm sure we'll see you on one of those. Yeah, canceling who's number one was a heartbreaker for us, man. That was one of the toughest things we had to do. Was that show was going to be so cool? We had Hibmar on the on the card as well. Yeah, Hibmar was going to fight Mateus Denise. Hopefully, that will come back around. You guys will be the first to know if we uh, get that going again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to get it going. We had all that hype for Mikey versus Herbert. That was going to be a crazy match. Yeah. <laughs> what we a, almost had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh. So I want to talk a little bit with you guys about how you started jiu-jitsu, uh, your early days training in Brazil, how you met each other. So I guess maybe we'll start with, with uh, Nacieli. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how did uh, you you get started uh, training jiu-jitsu? So uh, I started judo first whenever I was 12. And then over there uh, I met a guy. He just like uh, used to train jiu-jitsu and he, and he invited me to do a training. And I, I asked it to my mom, you know, because I was young already. And she said, no, I don't like jiu-jitsu. This is for bad guys, you know. In Brazil, we call, we call the playboys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I told, please, mom, I just want to see how it is. I, you know, I love sport. I love fight and everything. I just started judo. I was very excited. And she brought me to the gym. And whenever I did my first training, I fell in love. Like I said, yes, I want to stay here. I want to train, and I like jiu-jitsu more than judo now. And at the beginning, I just started training because I was, like, a little chubby girl, you know. And also... A little? <laughs> just a little, just a little. And also, I had a lot of um, uh, asthma, you know, and then the, the doctor told my mom she needs to, need to practice sport. And that's how I started. <laughs> what did you like uh, that was different about jujitsu from judo? Uh, I, you know, like is um, is hard to believe, but on that time, I think the um, how can I explain? Like, I don't know. I think the organization of jujitsu was way better than judo on that time. Like, I could see like all the respect from my professor like whenever he was talking all the kids everybody was like quite patient and judo was different all the kids was like messing around and everything running like crazy and i was like oh my god the discipline on on jiu-jitsu is is better than judo how that's possible you know and that's like what's making me you know love the the jiu-jitsu how old were you when you started 
jiu-jitsu, I was 13. And I, I started in judo with 12. So I trained judo for one year, and then I did my first train jiu-jitsu. Well, we come across so many people uh, in, from Brazil that started judo first, did judo for like a year or two years, and then, and then did jiu-jitsu. How long did it take you after you started training jiu-jitsu before you started competing? Um, actually, I compete on the first month that I, that I start training. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> for real. Like, I was training for one month, and my professor, he told me, like, hey, do you want to fight? Do you want to try your first competition? I said, yes. Mm, I don't like, you know, let's see how it is. And then I remember, like, this day was was crazy, like, I fought, I, I had two fights. I beat the first girl. She was also a white belt. And I had to fight my teammate. She was all, uh, already green belt. And she, imagine, she was, she used to spank me on the training. And yeah. I had to fight her in the tournament. I was so scared <laughs> to fight with her. And she was, she beat me so bad. Like, I remember she, she submitted me from the Ezekiel choke from the mount. And I got so sad, but I got second place. You know, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Green belts. That's a green belt's a big, a big step from a white belt when you're talking about the the, the teenage years. So that's a, that's a big, that's a big yeah. jump. It's like it's like ten belts in between there. But yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Hibamar? How did you start training? Uh, obviously, Natchelli's from uh, Sao Paulo. You ended up going down there, but how did you start training up in Manaus, Hibamar? Well, I started training when I was twelve years old. And my my brother, he used to, his already was like brown belt, and then he made me roll with my my other little brother. Actually, he's like he raised me. That's why I call him my brother. But Thiago Macedo, we we grew together. Oh, okay. Uh, his wow. fam, his family raised me. So, and my my brother, which is was actually his brother, like real like blood, uh, used to make us to train on the carpet. So there, we had no geese, so I started pretty much on like EBI, like no, like at Bravo, no geese submission, ten planet. <laughs> did you like it? Was, what did you feel? How did you feel about it? So yeah, I like a lot jujitsu, man. Like uh, when I started, it was I the only thing that I knew is teach me how to double leg and how to sprawl. Yeah, I'm gonna say so. That. So the training was only like my brother trying to double leg me, and I was sprawling on his head on the carpet. <laughs> I don't know if this counts as starting training. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then also it was me like trying to double leg me, and he's sprawling on my face. And it was a lot of fun. It seems it's crazy because right now, now when I put my knee, when I drive my knees on the ground, it, it causes a lot of pain. But that time, I hit my knees on the ground like crazy and never felt. <laughs> So when did you step into an actual jiu-jitsu academy for the first time? So after like six months, like training, like in, in the carpet, uh, I, my, my brother, Bosco Jr., he actually gave me a gift, which is, was my first gi. Nice. And then I thought he was going to bring me to the gym at that time. And then, no, I, he just gave me the gi and I still had to keep training on the carpet. <laughs> uh, and then later on, he just... He just like paid for my registration on on a G, and then I start to you know my membership, and then I started train, and it was like, you know, like I just loved like as first sight. 
Manaus is uh, in, a place that really interests me. I've never been there, but there's so many high quality jujitsu players coming out of there now. It's it's pretty ridiculous. What what's the jujitsu scene like in Manaus? Man, like I think jujitsu in Manaus, like I believe there are a lot of places stop to evolve, right? Right, because a lot of people are are just moving to other countries or other states. But in Amazon, Manaus is the only place in Earth that jujitsu never stop never stopped to evolve. All right. So, what? Uh, I'll ask you the same question we asked Natchele. How did? What was your first competition experience like? Uh, my real competition. No, for I, for for Hiba. I meant I'll ask him the same one I had because you already answered this one. Hiba, what was your first competition experience uh, like? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so my first competition was uh, it was the was actually the state state championship in Manaus. Yes. This sounds like a tough tournament. Yeah, it was actually I was like a green belt. Oh no, sorry, I was orange belt that time. So you so you waited a while. You didn't do like Natchelli and start competing two weeks after you started. You <laughs> yeah. waited till you were orange belt. I was I was orange belt and it was a state championship. I was like, man, I need to win. How many kids and... are in, How many kids are in the bracket for orange belt state championship in in Manaus? It's probably pretty <laughs> tough, huh? It's, it bro, it's funny to say because it was only one match. Really. It was only one match to get gold, and not only that, bro. Like I put the guy on the close guard, and I never opened, and I won nice because move. I was trying to choke. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to choke his face, yeah. and and then everybody got upset with me because they said, "Man, you're ugly, like fighting." Like, it was horrible, you know. Like, and then you know, and I won. I got so happy because I won, you know. And bro, like when I Stay got champ. out of the match, my my legs were shaking because I was like closing the guard so hard that I couldn't even like stand up later. Well, that's a classic strategy. <laughs> I used to coach kids, and it's like I still do that, by the way. The, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the kids' matches are so short that they're like three, four minutes. So there's so many times, like one kid puts another in closed guard and just attacks a collar choke, and that's the entire match, right? The, 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 kid, <laughs> the kid on top can't get out of there. It's a, I've seen that happen so many times. Don't knock Bro, it, man. Well, yeah. You know what? Bro, every time when I remember, it's crazy because for me, it seems that it, it seemed was like 10 minutes match. Yeah. <laughs> so when, <laughs> when did you start having success? Uh, I well, think... like after, right after this tournament as an orange belt, I fought like a few more tournaments and I won all of them. And then since my green belt until, until my blue and purple belt, I was like kind of unbeatable on the... <laughs> Was, all right, young young Hibamar was a monster. Yeah, uh, I was by the on this time well in the in the purple belt. I was I was let's let's say like I was kind of like uh, my Mikael Galvão. You know, there's only like two, few guys like two. Uh, one guy I think that by this time that could beat me was he right now he jumped to MMA. His name was Gregory Rodriguez. He was he's okay. a really really good guy at that time. I fought Hulk. I think Hulk was uh, actually Hulk and Gregory was the only kids that could beat me on that time. So I actually fought Hulk twice in the blue. I lost twice, and then I fought him twice on the purple, and I beat him twice. And so, but yeah, they, those people was the only one that could beat me on that time. But I was like kind of unbeatable. I was that yeah, I'm Jeez. the bully. So how? Okay, so. How do you end up? Uh, Manaus is very far away from Sao Paulo. How did you end up moving to Sao Paulo? And w- at what age did you do it? Well, uh, when I was seventeen years old, I I had a 
invitation to go to the Europe, right, in Portugal, where I was training on the Icon Jiu-Jitsu with Anderson Pereira. And then Mestre Pina had a very good relationship with, uh, with uh, Anderson. And then I decided to go. And when I went there, like, to train and teach, uh, I ended up, like, uh, hurting my knee pretty bad. So all the money that I made there with private lesson, I had to come back to Brazil and do a surgery. Okay. And that's when I, that's when I, after the, the surgery, I, I, I started compete again. Then I lost in the tournament. I got so upset that I knew that I couldn't stay in Amazon because, uh, you know, my time was going to pass and everybody's going to, you know, pass me. So that's when I decided to talk, talk to my brother, the one who initi initiated me in jiu-jitsu, told him like, hey, can you please help me buy a ticket for me to go to Sao Paulo? And then I, I actually left to Sao Paulo without, to, without saying my family. So they got like pretty like crazy about that because they didn't know where I was. Where I was. So they put the police and everything, like everybody. To how, long did you, how long did you wait? How long did you wait to tell them? <laughs> huh? how, how long did you wait? Well, I, it, was, it was like a week. And then oh I went God. to Sao Paulo and then, my, and then yeah, I called him and I said, hey, um. I'm in Sao Paulo. I'm not going to come back. I, I'm going to stay here for a while. I'm going to try to do my best. Because by all this time, my dad said that he wasn't going to help me like if I decide to just stay in jiu-jitsu. Right? And so I, and I love jiu-jitsu. I just wanted to be an athlete, you know, world champion. So you were just and worried... You were just worried that they weren't going to support, so you're like, you just snuck out and, and, and flew to Sao Paulo. Yeah, it's because they, they, they said, and my, when my dad says something, because it's for real. <laughs> yeah. So did you know when you went to Sao First off, a, a quick question. How much money did you have when you went to Sao Paulo? Man, I, like, uh, I remember that I, have a cell, I had a cell phone and, a, and a, I think in a laptop, and then I sold them. Both and in one of my video games, I sold in like on a on a on on the downtown of the city. A guy, the guy paid like very very cheap for all the free. I think I had like five hundred reais. I sold everything. Oh, Dude, everything I not... would cost like five, like almost like five thousand reais, and I I sold like for five hundred reais. So you sold everything yeah. to move to Sao Paulo. Did you know what you were gonna do when you got to Sao Paulo? Did you have a plan? <laughs> well, I knew that uh, I knew uh, I knew Cicero and Leandro already and i had i actually uh i've been invited when i was blue to purple belt uh, by cicero and leandro and they said oh come to sao paulo let's train and everything and then i never take serious because it was too far right it was another state i never yeah. imagined that i could go there and then suddenly i was there and then i just decided to go to cicero i <laughs> i went to sao paulo with 500 eyes and I, I stopped at Cicero's Costa Jean. Everybody was looking to me like, whoa, what's this, what's this guy doing here? Yeah. I was like, hey, guy, what's up? I want to live here. Cicero, <laughs> please help me. Did nobody know <laughs> Nobody knew you were coming? Well, I think only my cousin, Iago, knew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were surprised when you walked in the door. Nachielli, yeah. so you, you were living in Sao Paulo at the time when he got down there. Do you remember the, the first time that you met Hibamar? I remember, yes, it was in the Brazilian National. Uh, he was sitting on the stairs 
and I was talking to a girl who used to be his teammate. And whenever I saw he's kind of sad, you know, I went over there and talked to him. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, you from Cicero? Because I never saw him before. And he said, yeah, yes. He, he, he wasn't like talk, you know? And I was like, yeah, this guy is kind of weird, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. And then I asked him, oh, did you compete? And he, yes. How did you do? I lost. Like, like that, you know? He didn't want to talk. And then he said, okay, my teammate is going to fight. I got to go over there, you know, and help me. Bye. You know, okay, bye. <laughs> Bro, I was like, no, this chick is crazy. What's she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, guys, is because, uh, you know, I was drunk. <laughs> you were drunk at Brazilian Nationals? <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bro, like, uh, I didn't want to talk to her because, well, after American National, we lost, and then me, Leandro, all the guys, oh, the Brazilian National, I lost, right? And then I was so upset, and me and Leandro, the guys was there in the tournament, and I remember that Quintana and Leandro, they, they, they looked at each other and said, let's drink. <laughs> and, then I, and then I was beside, right? Because Leandro was like, uh, it was like my, I, if I see Leandro some, do something, I was always like, do the same. You know, like, yeah, I was his, I was, he was, <laughs> I was his disciple. So where did you uh, guys drink? Outside of Brazilian Nationals? At the tournament? Where, where, where were you guys drinking at? <laughs> yeah, but and outside of the Brazilian national, if you if you if you've been there before, yeah, I went everybody last year. knows that there's a lot of like uh, little stores in front that sell food. Yeah, the little right? like they're they're almost like food trucks in the middle. Yeah, yeah the little stands. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. But they also don't. They just don't sell uh, just don't sell food, but they also sell like uh, you know, uh, corachi. You remember corachi? It's like oh. 51, 51 oh. corachi, and we was drinking like. Pure alcohol. Oh man, oh, man. and I was like, and I was drunk already, you know. And then I didn't want to speak with Nacho because you know, like, if I would say something, like my breath would be like, you know, pure fifty one. Yeah, that, lo that looks that looks sort of weird <laughs> at a, at a right? jiu jitsu tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh... bro. And that day I got so upset. I was like. This chick, when she's talking to me, you know, I was speaking like you, Billy, already. Oh, man. <laughs> Nachi, were you, were you training at Cicero at the time? Had you had you already uh, been at that gym? On oh, Cicero? Uh, not, not, not Chieli. Were you training at Cicero's then, or um, no. not no, yet? No, like, I never trained uh, on Cicero before, like, Matt Hiba. I just fought with a girl who used to train over there, Monique, and also Luisa. I knew Luisa, so I always talked to them, but I never had a train over there. I, my first train at Cicero was whenever I was uh, already hanging out with Hiba. Okay, so how did you guys stay in touch then? That's, yeah, the, the, we got to hear about the second <laughs> meeting. We, we talked about the first meeting. How did you guys? The, the first meeting was a disaster. Hibamar was drunk in Brasileiro. How did yeah. you guys? How did you guys Actually, end up? He meet, messaged me on the next day. Um, I think it was or Orkut. Or, no, no, it was a messenger. Facebook, right? messenger. Yeah, Facebook already. He okay. just messaged me like, "Hey, what's up? How are you?" And I was like, "Yeah, good." And he invited me to go uh, to the cinema to watch a movie on the theater. Yeah. But like he told Nachi, 
God is really good because if you went, if you if you show up over there, probably I, I wouldn't. So I don't know what's happening that I I had to cancel cancel <laughs> our meeting and I didn't show up and then he just told yeah. me like months later because I told her like it's because we was you know it was like you know scheduling a date and everything, but I didn't have money. So I said, "Do you want to go to the movie theater?" She said. I was expecting expecting her to say no, right? <laughs> Dude, Himar, you were the worst. You were lucky that Natchielli got married to you because you were the worst at trying to date girls. <laughs> I, I got a plan. <laughs> let's go out. No, I said, let's go. I said, let's go to the movie theater. All right, let's do it. I was like, man, this chick is crazy. I'm not going. She's going by herself. <laughs> oh my god! The first thing when I'm gonna say when I get there is that, that I forgot my wallet on a taxi. Oh my god! Bro, so okay, let's get to time number three. How did you guys meet? Yeah, you guys meet no, and then he just like he, he invited me to go to the gym, like to Caesar Cross Academy. Yeah, and I said, all right, let's go. I will. Let, let's see, right? And then whenever I got there, he just uh, had finished his train, and then I remember like. <laughs> He invited me to to lunch, but I, I already uh, had food. And then yeah, that was we part of his plan. <laughs> that was part of his plan. Uh, yes, he was in the restaurant, and then he asked for his food, and then he just looked to me, "Hey, can I kiss you?" And I was like shocked. I don't know, like I, I kind of shy, and I was like, "Uh, yes." <laughs> but tell tell them what you did. Oh uh, man, it was. <laughs> I can't even. Oh my god! Fun. I asked like for feijoada, you know. Yeah, yeah, the beans, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, and then I told her like, hey, "Can I kiss you?" And she said yes, but then there's was a, like a big plate in front of me. <laughs> and then whenever like I'm about to lift myself to go kiss her, man, like my chest hit the plate, and the plate make a lot of noise, and everybody started look to us, and I was like, oh. My uh, and then I was like, man, now it's too late. Now I got to kiss her. And then I had to kiss her. Oh, that's an amazing story. Yeah, that is the funniest story. Funny story of love. It was It wasn't this time that I lifted my foot back. <laughs> you what? You, wait, what? Yeah. Explain. I, I, I did like, I kissed and I lift my foot back just like a princess. Oh yeah, yeah. I I got you. Like when they, people kiss and they kick their foot up in the air. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. So, uh, all right, yeah. That that that's pretty epic. Hibamar, you were living it was like that. How it started. <laughs> Hibamar, you were living in uh, Cicero's at the time. Yes, I was living at the gym, and my and my wardrobe was a a, a window. <laughs> who who all was living there with you? And well, when I got there, I was one of the first people to live in the gym. So it was only me, the Meow brothers, uh, Iago, and Elton, Elton Jr. I think that was it. Well, what was it like? Uh, you ever you ever hang out in Retopolis? That's what uh, Pato and and Talos were telling me about. They would go hide in a place called Retopolis. There, you know what what they're talking about? Oh yeah, Retopolis. Retopolis <laughs> is a. It's actually. On Cicer, there's like a little room that we call Hatopolis because there's a before it was a lot of cockroach and rats and everything. 
And we just we just go there just to sleep there. It was just like a little closet or something. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, a, like yeah, a crawl space. Yeah, yeah gotcha. this, this is where all the keys and all the you know like shirts that sister used to like sell and everything to make some money. They used to left and and then I was always there like because you know like the jeans pretty much all full mat, full yeah. mat, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> a mat. Just yeah. a little room. Yeah. So when. When, and then Cicero, I think that he has classes from from 6 a.m. until uh, midnight. So wow. to rest, you should go to Rat, Hot Top, man. It's the only place to go rest, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was your... Yeah, what was your... Out, hang out with the cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> what was your schedule like? You know, you're living there. There's classes going all day long. How many times a day were you training? You know, what was that like? Well, in the beginning, like when I when I was very like, you know, like... Because sometimes you get comfortable, but when I was training hard, uh, I used to train like for two times in the day, and I had to teach at night. So, but the the thing is, because the first training was the worst training, so it was we would probably be like ten rounds of six minutes with Leandro, you know, Murilo, Meow Brothers, and Yago de Souza, all these guys, Chigrão. There's a lot of good training over That's there. Tough. You know? Yeah, yeah. And man, this tra- just this training, you could like rest for the whole day. <laughs> I believe it. Natiella, <laughs> did you ever live in the gym or would you just train and, and then go home? No, no, just train. <laughs> I used to live so far from the gym, like Kiba told, uh, two hours and a half, sometimes oh, wow. three hours I took to, to go to the gym. But I can't, I couldn't. Like the gym smells so bad, you know, a lot of guys and everything. And then uh, I just used to train a bit there. I used to train 12 and then stayed for the noon to train at 5 p.m. again. And then back home. You would travel two hours, train at at 12, and then probably just hang around, maybe eat or whatever, and then train again. So your whole day was training then, training and traveling. Yeah, whole day was training. You would travel every single day like that or just a few times a week? No, like every single day. Wow. I used to train like every single day. I was so excited in the beginner to train, you know, to to get better. Um, and I was training like sometimes even Saturday I was showing up to train. You said Hibmar invited you. Um, what did you like about the change in the gym? Obviously, there's a lot of high-level guys, but um, what else did you enjoy about it and why did you start training there so much? So whenever I went to this, Cesar Costa was just to watch, you know, because I wasn't allowed to train in a different gym. Uh, I used to train, I used to be like a part of a Lots Club. I don't know if you guys know, mm-hmm. a Lots in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, is a very famous academy. Lotus. And my professor, yeah. he didn't allow me to train Lotus. In, yes, uh, in a different academy. And then at first I was training only with Hiba at home and everything. And he was trying to train with me in, in, the, in my academy, but my professor, he said, no, he didn't want to, you know. And then I was kind of scared to go over there in Cicero and training. And one day I was vacation from the, the high school and everything. I was 17 at the time, 17 years old. I was purple belt already. And then Hiba just invited me, let's go, let's train over there, you know, just to see how it is. You're very talented, but you got to, you know, train a little bit more, harder and everything, fix your game. 
your jiu-jitsu will be like so better. And then I just accepted, you know, and then I went. And my first train was with a white belt guy. I was purple belt already. So and he beat me like like this. I couldn't believe like he was playing around with me. And then I was like, oh, man, I think he just forgot his belt or something like that, you know. And then, okay, second train, um, I trained with a guy he used to call Terere. You remember Terere? <laughs> it's a green belt, like, so little. He used to, to do, like, the little meow. He used to be the little meow over there. And then I trained with him. He bearing ball of me, taking my back, and choke. And then, you know, my ego was right here and i told him but you know he just beat me because i was tired <laughs> and he but okay so rest one round and then you're gonna do with him again i said okay let's do it and then i rest around and then i went with him again and he did exactly the same thing very bold take my back and submit me on the choke and then i start crying like oh my god i don't know what's happening because uh, the gym that I used to train, nobody was beating me, you know, even like the brown belts, I was doing like a good training and then I got on Cicero, a green belt guy and a white belt guy was like playing with me. And then I told Hiba, you know, I just want to train here. I love this place. I love like the way how you guys training. And that's how like I start training over there. And what it is funny because I think you Cicero. Um, because he didn't know that I, I wasn't allowed to train over there. And on the tournament, he, he met my professor, my first professor. And he just told him, you know, your student student went to my gym to train. The girl is good. And then, <laughs> and then my professor said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Nachi. <laughs> oh, he almost oh. died. Yes, he almost died. Oh, <laughs> my God. You know, yeah, I told him, you know, I just didn't train. It was Saturday, just to see how how I was trained. He got so upset with me. What did you That's think, when... Nachi? What did you think when you got uh, to this gym? I mean, the that old Cicero group. There was a lot of interesting personalities there. There's a lot of wild dudes involved. What 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 was the environment like when you switched over to Cicero? What were those guys like? Uh, for me, it was like very like fun you know i had a lot of friends like the the white belts and the blue belts was my best friend like and that time is funny because it was jonas you know tali so all those guys uh wasn't like pretty much blue belt and white belt whenever i got there so we create a very you know a uh, good relationship as a friend as family so i think that was the the, the most important thing that making me you know, stay over there and, and love the, the, the training and everything. Also, uh, I had Luisa, you know, she was like, I, I, I always inspi got inspired by Luisa, you know, whenever I was there, she was black belt already, world champion, and she used to help me a lot on the train too. We used to hanging out together. I slept many times on her house and she helped me so much. Even with food sometimes, you know, so it was a great time. Hiba, so what do you remember about Nachi when she started coming over there? We heard Nachi's uh, memories of it. What do you remember about back then? Man, I remember that Nachi saved me <laughs> because I, like, 
I always I always was out to compete, and then one time I broke my hand, and then like I had no money, like I had no money already, and I broke my hand, so no tournament, so I couldn't make money, and then Nachi just I remember everything about her because uh, her mom just like invited me to to stay at her house, you know, so I I lived with her since then I was like 18 years old, 19 years old. So I, I didn't miss any 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 moment, you know, of her life. I was always there. Uh, I think this is this is this is when I sang to her. I will spell on you. Oh, you my. I don't know. I don't know if I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I knew that I threw up my spell was was all good. All right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what, Nachelle, what did your mom think about bringing Hibmar home? I mean, bringing this guy from the gym. Was that an easy conversation to have? <laughs> it actually was her idea. You know, I, I, I never thought about it. But, like, we went together to this tournament. It was on the beach. It was, like, very far. And he broke his hand on the final. And, you know, we went home. And then we eat. And my mom said, hey, but it's better you go to the, the hospital to see your hand. And we went over there. Whenever we got there, the doctor looked to him. Yes, you just broke your hand. Like <laughs> three weeks, I think it was, right? Three yeah. weeks, a month, without training, doing anything. And he got so sad. And then we come back home. And it was my mom's idea. I didn't tell anything. And she she just had the idea. Hey, why don't you don't stay with us for a while, you know? I know you sleep on the, on the mat. You don't have money to eat. I used to like bring food for Hiba at the gym like many, many times, you know. And then he was like, no, no, I, I don't want to stay, I don't want to stay. And my mom, like, she insists, she knows you, you have to because I know you. If you go to the gym, you're going to train, you're not going to respect <laughs> the time that you have to, you know, stay without training. And then I looked to him, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. And then he like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll stay. And, but it. my mommy, she loves Hiba. Like, my youngest sister, she I think she likes Hiba more than me. <laughs> Everything, like, is, is about Hiba. She always, like, defend him. If you if you, me and Hiba fight, she always going to stay beside Hiba. Like, no, <laughs> Hiba's right. Right. She loves him. So it was a very easy, you know, um, relationship with all, my whole family. Everybody's, like, they love Hiba so much. Absolutely. Heba, it had to have been cool for you, Heba, to be coming up in that uh, gym uh, with Leandro was like the same weight class as you, and he was on top of the world. Like, what was it like training with Leandro back then? Man, everything. I think not only not only me, but Braguinha, everybody, everybody looked for to be the next Leandro. You know, he was our 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 pillar. You know, and we was always look after him. You know, so Leandro, if Leandro would train. 15 times in a day, we would train 15 times in a day. So, you know, like, he was always, an, he's, he still is, he was always an inspiration for us. And it's, I don't know, man, I just love this guy so much, you know, like. Yeah. So, how long did you live in the gym for? So, I lived in the gym for, like, for four years, I believe. So, were you, and, you, were, you were basically roommates with the Meows for four years? Well, I with me, I was I think it was for three, and then came Nachi came, and then I I started like live with Nachi. 
What was it like living with the Meows for three years? Yeah, it was cool, man. Like, they, so, I'm going to tell a story because it sounds fun. But it was, on that time, it was like Dark Force and the, and the light. Okay. You know? <laughs> for, 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 for Cicero, sometimes if you would go to Leandro's side of the Force, you would be like the Dark Force. Okay. Be, uh, because of the party and everything. But if you would be for Meow's uh, Force, would be like the light force because you would train a lot, uh, uh, diet a lot, and and you know like just be hundred percent for jujitsu. And Leandro was more like you know no I, I want to be athlete but also I want to leave. You know? <laughs> There's life besides jujitsu. You know? So the Meows were the light force. What? Yeah, those guys are such hard workers. What was it? How how much? Especially back then when they were young. How much were they training when you were living there with them? I never, I never, I never know, I never knew until the, until nowadays. I never saw anybody training like that. So Paulo and João, they, there was, I, I, I've, I've seen this for like exactly like four years, five years. Every day they drilling the same technique for one hour, for two hours in a day. So and training every single class, like every single competition class, they were training. It was at twelve. Uh, and was at uh, 5, 5 p.m. They was there, like, training. So that's why they were the light, you know, because they was always, like, showing to us, uh, they was always, like, showing to us, like, man, if you want to win Worlds, there's no shortcut, you got to work hard. So Leandro was more, like, talented. Leandro would train in one time uh, in the day, and everybody knew he was going to win, you know. Yeah, different work ethic. Uh, were you? Do you remember when Paulo lost his tooth? Were you around for that? Do you remember Paulo when he had the front tooth? <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I do remember. Uh, the, on this time, I wasn't sister yet. I was still living in Amazon, and I, uh, we went to the tournament called World League Pro, and he was fight the Nilson. Uh, the Nilson was used to be a really really good guy from Atos. Uh, we, we uh, his nickname used to be a cowboy. Man, this kid he was really good. On this day, he beat Paulo and João. Wow! In the same day. Wow! But it was, it was, uh, it was like a controversial match. And that's when the, was in the day that Paul, I think Paulo lost the tooth because they went to the double pool, but they shot double leg in each other before pool. Oh damn! It was it was during a match, so he knocked it out during a match, or, or yeah, man. Then yeah, he yeah. pulled his he pulled his his tooth out, and my brother Bosco is funny because everybody in Brazil, I uh, start to call the Paulo and Jones nickname, and because on that time it was PlayStation One and PlayStation Two, no, <laughs> no one knew, no one, no one knew Paulo and Jones out. They knew PlayStation One and PlayStation Two. What? <laughs> they so knew he- like. Oh, the PlayStation's gonna fight! And everybody <laughs> used to rent to the mat to watch them, like put in the show. <laughs> so it got knocked out from the double pull. And what did he just pull it out and finish the match? How did it go? Yeah, like man, he he just like shot double leg. He lost his tooth. He keeps going to to fight. And as you guys know, like both of them use like glasses, right? Yeah. So I remember that before the the scoreboard it used to be like manually, you know. And and then for them to see how uh, like how many points they used to have on the scoreboard, they used to run like close to the scoreboard 
and like you know like do like <laughs> like see how much was in point if they was winning or not you know like but man it was so fun to watch playstation one and playstation two that's that's hilarious uh <laughs> guys uh, they will they will see they will see the podcast they will laugh yeah i love those guys uh so i'd like to hear a little bit about from you guys what's it like uh you guys have a different uh situation than a lot of people out there that you guys are married to each other and you're both so serious about competition what's it like training and competing with your husband or with your wife and then going to tournaments and all that together what's what's that situation like for you guys uh for me it's like you know it's easy but at the same time it's harder because we we train together we prepare ourselves together we do everything together we teach together so even whenever we're going to compete, we compete sometimes almost the same time. And like, you know, whenever I'm fighting, I'm very focused and like, I'm good. But whenever he was fighting, like, he, I, I like, I don't know, I think I almost got a heart attack. You know, I got so nervous because I never know what he's going to do it. Every fight he do something different or something that he not used to training. And like, oh my God, what's he doing? Oh my God. And he always... He always got mad with me because he say, Nachi, you don't know how to quote me. You scream too much, you know, like I can't, you know, understand. And I was like, sorry, but I like, I can't coach you. So that's why I always, whenever he's fighting, I always ask Rodrigo, somebody to coach him because sometimes I can't even watch, you know. But at the same time, whenever I see he's fighting, if he's fighting first, so like, even, yeah, yeah, I prefer whenever he's fighting first than me because I feel like he inspired, you know, by him. Like, I love Hiba's jiu-jitsu, so I always told him, like, since he, I met him, his jiu-jitsu for me is, like, beautiful, it's cool to watch. So whenever he's competing, like, that's motivates me, you know, to, to get there and, like, beat everyone. <laughs> What's it like that's for you, That's how Hiba? I feel. Hibamar, hey, how is that situation for you? Yeah, man, like, it, it kind of similar because when I just fighting, so everything, it's, I think it's just the marriage, you know, like, so once you get, get married, you want, you want to do everything to your wife. Everything, even training or when she's fighting, everything needs to be her, he needs to be hers first, you know. So even like when I'm preparing for training, I'm always rather to look after her than to me, you know, uh, because before I knew... For me, my happiness was to see her to compete and win, then me to win, you know? Like, uh, so many times, like, uh, it's, it's funny to say because many times I prayed for God saying, like, God, you know, I, I want to lose if you make Nachi to win. So it, it was always hers first. And, and it, was, it was cool because after she achieved all the, every single goal that she had, now I can, now I'm, Kind of, kind of free to you know reach my goals, you know. And now it's because you guys know, like a life as a competitor is a very lonely life. I mean, like you're very selfish. You have to be selfish at some point, you know. And then all you focus on yourself, all you focus on your on your on somebody else. That's that's the this is one of the reason why. You can't be most of the people. They cannot be coach, and they can and they cannot compete at the same time. It's a hard because when your students are are achieving like a 
uh, different level, you don't want to lose to them. So you start to compete, compete against the, the student that that's when you start to lose the students. You know what I'm saying? And I think that this is what I never wanted to compete with Nacha. Actually, I wanted to make her to succeed. And then I always like gave my, I always gave myself like hundred percent for her to achieve her goal. And now I, it was good because now, now I can focus on myself and I also learn uh, how to be a coach in the same time as being an athlete, you know, you know, you doing what I'm saying. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a different type of thing. I would like to hear from you guys. Uh, Cause you're both so successful com- competitors. Uh, I think the mental side of competing is so important. Cause as you guys know, there's so many people who are so good at jujitsu, but they have, they have struggle at, at a tournament. How do you guys get yourself prepared mentally on the day of to be in the right uh, mindset to compete? So for me, it's weird because even whenever I was so bad at jiu-jitsu, whenever Hiba met me, I think I never won a tournament before. But my mind was always good, you know. I, like, I always had the, the thoughts, you know, like I'm going to go there and I'm going to beat everybody. Like always, <laughs> you know. I remember a day that this is funny to tell. Um, before me and Hiba hanging out, I was purple belt, and then I was competing a tournament that that calls I think it was Brazilian National Front CBJJ, yeah. E. Uh, and then I was supposed to fight Bianca Basilio, and she was already world champion double gold as a blue belt, and I didn't know her, you know. And then everybody thought, oh, Bianca just going to destroy this girl, you know. And I, I didn't know who she was. And even my partners, my training partner was telling me, you know, she's going to destroy you. And I was like, oh, okay, you will see. We'll see. And then I went to the match very confident. confident and she just started the match 5-0. <laughs> yes. like easy, like this, you know. She just passed my guard and left me and was 5-0 and then whenever I saw I was losing by 5 points and I was on bottom the close guard and I was like now is my turn I need to do something and I don't know how I could find like an arm bar from there and like I tap her you know and then I won the match and then I, I told everybody I told you I told you <laughs> you know okay. and I always had it like a good mind but today is a little different you know because on the black belt, high-level competitions, everybody's so good and prepared. So I think the difference is, is the mind. So me and Hiba, we, we, today we have uh, different thoughts that we had before. So now we know that God is in control of everything. We prepare ourselves. We did our best we could, you know. So whenever we got on the, on the fight, we don't have the control of the fight. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, we just have to give our best. And, you know, whenever, like, I start put my faith in, in God and his plan for my life, everything starts flow. you know. And today, for me, I don't feel more, like, you know, excited or sometimes, like, you know, fear to compete. I just feel happy whenever I'm in the match, you know. I just, I don't know, like, something different that I feel today. How about you, Hiba? Man, for me it's the same. Like since that I, since that I, you know, like learning more about my faith, and 
I now I understand that everything has a plan. So if uh, if it's in the plan of God for you to be a world champion, you will be no no one can stop you, you know. And uh, and of course, like there's a like I said, when you're when you are a competitor, you understand that you many times you're going to be selfish, right? But that's I I don't think now with my mind the mind that I have now it's it's not just the way that it is, you know, like. You have to, you have to open up to help it, other people, and through this, you're going to evolve. Uh, this is sometimes is the, the is the step that was that you was looking for to become a world champion. So now I see this because now I have students, and every time when I help them out and I see them, them doing really good, and I feel that I evolve with them, you know. So it it helps me a lot and also my faith that's what's i think this was what i needed you know like uh this is what i needed i think i needed to full because this is like this is my identity you know my identity is not to be the selfish guy but to be a nice guy so i believe that everybody that knows me knows me as a nice guy man he was a super nice guy so i can't just try to not be me you know so you gotta be yourself so if i'm if I'm out there and I'm trying to be like a guy that uh, talk trash, something that I'm not, just to like to promote myself. So some, in the future, things are not gonna happen for, for me because I'm not being myself. I think most things happens in your life when you be yourself. Make sense? Yeah. When you when you are yourself. So uh, and many people that misunderstand this part of the life because you want to be always what the media think you should be, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you, sometimes, let's say, uh, like a young, I mean, like a young guy that just started jiu-jitsu right now. Let's say that they see someone talking trash and then they go there and they're going to talk trash too. Make sense? So if I see someone, if they see someone like preaching a uh, good thing, like, man, you got to train hard. Uh, you don't you don't have to go party all the time. You gotta train hard, be focused, and you're gonna win. So you know, like it's like I told you about like the dark and the light. You gotta be you the know? light. Hibamar is the you light. Gotta be the light. Yeah. So you gotta be the light. Even if you're even when you're dark, you still gotta be light. I like that. Both you guys are uh, extremely accomplished grapplers. You know, Nachielli, you're multiple time world champion. Hibamar, Nogi, world champion, European champion. Uh, we always like to ask the guests, though, if there's any particular title or match that really stands out as one that's very important to you, maybe uh, marks a turning point in your career or just the biggest win in your career. Maybe I'll start with you, Natchiel. You know, what what comes to mind about the the best win of your career? Uh, I think um, the first time that I won the worlds was something that like helped me a lot, you know, my career because everybody started to look to me. You know, all the brands, um, everyone, like people who didn't know me, especially here in the U.S., because I used to compete only in Brazil, you know, and a lot of American people didn't know me. But as soon as I started competing here, a lot of people started to look, oh, this girl, you know, she's good. But I think uh, my last fight with Gabby, actually mm-hmm. my first and last fight with Gabby Garcia, was something that helped me a lot in my career, you know, because... Gabby, she she's like, you know, she won the world's many many times. You know, the she beat a lot of girls on the old generation, the new generation. She so she's good, 
you know, and everybody was looking to her. And whenever I, I beat her in the fight we everybody was like, a lot of people didn't know me yet. And then he was starting to ask, oh, who's this girl? She just beat, you know, Gabby Garcia. This is amazing. And so I think that was a fight that helped me a lot to, to grow, you know. Yeah, that was a, a wild match. I can't believe it's already been like eight or nine months since then. It's been a, yeah. been a long time. What about you, Heba? What win stands out to you? Man, I think the 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 most important win for me was all the winnings that I that I could glorify God's name like so loud, like uh, everybody think I'm crazy sometimes because I just scream. But European uh, world and the, and when I submit Kalazans, it was one of the best moments of my life because I was overcoming a lot of a lot of things that I've been through, you know. It, it's just like a small, as a short movie of your life go through your mind. And then those are titles that I never had in my life. So, and then I was so thankful because, you know, I finally did it, you know. Yeah. It was, it was not just a promise. It was just like it was happening. <laughs> that Calisan submission was one of the most epic things I've ever seen because that was a situation where, I mean, you thought, I thought you were just going to get stalled out and lose that match. And I got to say, I love your celebration. I have a good time every time that you win, man. Your celebration is always epic. Nogi Worlds, you took it to another level. Nogi Worlds, I heard you from all the way across the arena. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, we 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 pulled up some matches here to to, to watch. Uh, first, we're going to start with uh, Hibamar's, uh European win, your first Grand Slam in the Gi from the IBJJF. Uh, we can go ahead and roll the uh, the video. Uh, you, man, you were on fire at this tournament. This is just the second half of your final, but. You outscored people, I think, what, like 40 by 40 points or something? I don't think you even gave up a point at this tournament. What, did you feel you yeah. were in the zone or what? It was like 38, I think, 38 and zero. Uh, yeah, I was feeling really good, like, playing on top. Uh, I always have the best game as a as a top player. Uh, but I, I think I've been evolving a lot of my guard. since then that I learned, like, new tricks, you know, like, and... I think that, man, yeah, I evolve a lot. It's just like in the European, I could like perform the way that I wanted, you know. Like Absolutely. that's, that's, uh, this was, it was actually one of the first times that I competed the way that I trained, you know. Like, uh, when I'm training, I don't let anybody score points on me. So that was the, actually the first, first tournament that I could be myself, like 100%, you know. You think this was your best performance in, in your career? Like, your well, ultimate. no, I think my best performance of my career was on the World Series of Grappling, like a few years ago. Oh, that was a good one too. That was that was yeah. that was a hell but, of a tournament. Yeah, but this one was uh, one of the best performances of my life, but with a uh, different game, sort of game, you know. Absolutely, you did middleweight or medium heavy? I think. What do you do here? Medium heavy, right? Medium heavy, yes. I did medium heavy. Yeah, but I mean that's pretty incredibly incredible to go to Europeans and not give up, not only not give up a, a single point, but outscore people by thirty something, thirty eight or whatever. I mean, you beat some good guys too. Who you, you beat Aspen first round, I think, or second round. Who else did you fight here? So I fought Aspen. I fought this guy in the final, Bruno Lima. He's, he's good. Really, yeah, he's a tough guy. He beat like uh, Ronaldo Junior, like on the brown belt. A lot of he beat a lot of good guys on the brown belt. He's from Portugal. Yes, he's a really, really tough man. He's really tough, this guy. Yeah, and nice disposition too. I, yeah. I, 
beating like Rafael Paganini too on the I think on the quarter and the semifinal I beat like a, a new generation kid from from Braulio Stima. He's a really good kid too, really good guy, very good. Uh, I, think I, remember, I, I remember the guy that you're talking about. I think he did good in the absolute too. He, he had a close match with somebody in the absolute. With Ali, I think. Muhammad. Yeah, he almost beat Ali, I believe. That guy was, yeah. uh, his name's like yeah. Jacob, Jacob something, I believe. I'm, I'm losing yeah, it. Yeah, Jacob Baha Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got a Polish last name that yeah. no one can pronounce. Like Zajewski or something. <laughs> yeah, He's from, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was from Braulio school. Wow, you had a tough road then. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good match, you know, like, match that I, actually, it was really good for me, for my, for my mind, you know, like, how I feel, I just feel like more experienced now. <laughs> yeah. If, if the IBJJF, like, say if things uh, kick back up and it's like they're going to do Pans, Brasileiro, and Worlds at a different time of the year, are you going to try and Grand Slam now that you got the Europeans? Oh, yes, man, I will. That's my – that's one thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to do is the will. It's the will of God. I want to glorify his name in all the major leagues. I want to be the only guy who does the same screaming in all the four major leagues. <laughs> I hope we get to see it. That would be fantastic. So how did you end up I, – I was interviewing people here. I've never actually even watched this match, I don't think. How did you end up getting the submission here? I remember you got a sub. So, yes. He, so this guy has, a, like, a very, like, a different game that I never saw no one do. And he, like, he does, like, a, a different, like, sweep from the from the, the La Riva. So he kind of – he kind he kind kicks you with the three with only three fingers on the on on the opposite side. Yeah, he likes so to he kind goes, of sweep you overhead. He's he's been going yeah, for this the like whole match. Yeah, he, he does this really good. I felt his hook was pretty tight. But uh, this is one of the things that people talk a lot about. My top game is my hips. Uh, they people always say that my hips are very heavy. And I think this is when he starts to feel. I think he popped his ribs trying to lift. Yeah, it's a weird place to try and sweep somebody with your leg kind of at an angle like that. But Yes, and then whenever he was like this on the four points, I could like manage to go to the Zika right away. Mm. It was not something that I do a lot, but it was... Here he is. You know, like uh, this tournament, everything was just so flow. You know, I could see every single technique like coming out for nothing. Yeah, that's uh, got to feel pretty good to win not only Europeans for the first time at black belt, but win by submission. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a that's a big accomplishment, you know, especially on the black belt. The Europeans a really, really good title, right? Absolutely. So now, the next video we'll go to. I pulled up one of Natchielli's uh, world's finals from this last year in in the weight class. Not you. You did double gold this last year. But this is going to be you at your at your weight division from Worlds 2020. Actually, you're a five-time world champion now, right? Yes. Pretty incredible. Absolute world champion. This is going to be you next year, Hibamar. Got some work to do to catch up. Sunday in the pyramid. <laughs> yeah. I hope God is listening to you right now. <laughs> Nachi, how does that... Nachi, how does that feel right there where you're on deck at, at Worlds on Sunday with the Pyramid Pack and you're going to do the World Final? How's oh, it's something like, oh, my God. I feel very confident, but at the same time, like, you know, the adrenaline that I feel is, is a lot because is everybody stopped to watch your final. It's only you, the girl, and the halfway over there, but, like, 
everybody around, you know, watching, screaming and, and cheating for you. So it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I can't remember, like, the, the feeling right now. What is it that you say to yourself? I always see you, uh, you're saying something to yourself before you compete. What are you saying? I always say, like, um, you can believe in yourself. You can believe yourself. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. I always say this in Portuguese, you know, to make me, like, conf uh, confident. And I always say, like, you know, not you strong, you strong, you good, you good, you're going to get there. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to meet the girl. That's always what I thought, you know, what is always I speak to myself. <laughs> Do you find that during the match you kind of go in the zone and you, you don't hear everything, you don't notice any more of the crowds, or are you aware of everything happening at that time? Uh. Actually, I just can hear like Hiba or Rodrigo whenever they 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 screaming for me. I always can hear everything what he says. I always can hear, but I don't like to look too much, you know, sideways for everyone who's watching <laughs> me. That I feel like, you know, a little bit shy. So I just focus on the on the fight. Maybe take us through this match right here. So you're you're in a, one of your favorite positions. You're an excellent guard player. What are you What are you looking for right now? So yeah, always whenever I have the loss, of course I look to to control. You know, first thing that I always try to do is control uh, on my guard first to feel like her strength, feel the weight. But also I like uh, Hiba knows me since like you know we met each other. My goal is always find a submission. Doesn't matter like. Where I will be on bottom and top, I always try to find the submission. So this is my best position, actually, lasso guard, the sweep from the lasso. And whenever I get there, it's good because I already have the leg drag. And back is one of the, the best positions that I have to submit somebody. So it was, was great. It was a great fight. And also, like, I fought her before. In, on the Brazilian national, I won by half a decision. So I really wanted this match, you know, to, mm. to see, like, how myself would be, like, you know, how prepared I would be for, for this match. Because whenever you draw with someone, you always want to fight again to see, you know, how your jiu-jitsu involved and everything. So I could see on this tournament, on this match, that, that I was, like, you know, with my level a little bit higher. So was was great for me. <laughs> Did you uh, so? What do you think about uh, somebody that that just came on our show recently? Gabby Garcia says she's going to do the next world. So that'd be a, a nice challenge for you to defend your your absolute title, huh? Get a, get a third match with Gabby in. Yes, I hope she does. You know, uh, she's a great competitor. She's good. And I like to see her her fighting with you know with the girls because it's every everyone has a different game. So sometimes it's a, it will be like a, a really good fight. And also if she get on the other side, I know she's gonna you know beat a lot of good girls. Yeah, the, you know, so it'll be good. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like let's see because Gabby she just opened her gym, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really hard whenever you have a gym, especially like for us. We now we see how how it is, how hard it is. That's why Hiba went to World Nogi Worlds. He went to European, and I had to stay because I had to take care of the gym. You know, 
we plan to go together to Cannes, but didn't happen. But for sure, Worlds, we're going to be there together. <laughs> and I hope G- Gabby can make it. I-, I would love to fight her again, for sure. Eba, how's it feel to see your uh, wife win the double gold at Worlds last year? Oh, man, that's uh, I knew right there that I couldn't win Worlds in the open class, but she did. <laughs> that means that I won anyway. <laughs> right? So now you know what I do. Sometimes I have nothing to do. I just wear her ring. And I'm hanging out at home. I rings. I Carry her gi. The ring like... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the absolute world champion ring, oh my, hilarious! Yeah, like uh, no, two times, right? <laughs> because one of uh, I think Tiani uh, got him doping, so Nachi, she's pretty much like two times world champion in the open glass. So you got two of the rings, uh, Nachi. Yeah, that's true. You just got to get a couple more, and then you can take that Hafa Mendez picture with with, with, uh, with <laughs> oh, a yeah. hand, handful of. Well, I believe that if Nachi wins one more time the open glass, she's gonna be the 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 champion of the decade, right? Only like. So only 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 Hurricane like gonna be the one who won three times. I think Gabby, Gabby too. No, Gabby was on, on the last decade. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. All I right, see, I see. The champion of the decade. Uh, so Hebamar, like I told you, we always have our guests from the day before ask a question. I've got to apologize to you ahead of time because our guest yesterday was Seth Daniels. I cannot control this guy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know how he is. Uh, we already know the answer to it, but all right, let's roll the Seth Daniels question for Hebamar. Oh, until he starts losing, I'm, I, I can't say that I think anybody can beat him. But Kynan with a full training can we camp. We skip ahead a little bit. Um, completely focused on Nogi for three to six months. Kynan, that'd be cool. That'd be a nice yeah. little put in his protege like who, who, like won, who won eighty CCC. Uh, so that uh, leads us to. We got to get a question for you, from you for our guests. We have tomorrow some people that you know very well as well. Uh, Manuel Hibamar and Nacieli are both coming on tomorrow. If you could think of something to say to them. Sorry, no, uh, normally I give you a heads up before we go on the air, but you showed up 15 minutes late. So, no, <laughs> well, I mean, to my defense, I cut myself shaving, and I don't yeah. want to bleed all over the camera. <laughs> so, so I got to have a question for Nach and, and Ribamar. Yeah, or or both of them together, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. So I'd like to know from Rebamar if it's demasculating um, to know that your what? wife has won way more black belt world championships than you have. I think he's oh, their biggest man. fan, but we'll find <laughs> out what he has that. to say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my you know, God. you know how that guy is. You already just answered that one, though. You you feel proud of her when she wins them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel proud. I never like, I never got jealous of Nachi, you know, because uh, it was like, I don't know, like what I'm gonna, what I'm about to say, it can look like a cliche, you know, but uh, everything that that happened with us since of our, since that she became my girlfriend or fiance or wife. I took it every single step like serious, you know. And when when we was when she was still were my girlfriend, uh, I was in the U.S. and I brought her. So she was pretty much I was I was her fortress, you know. So I had to take care of her. So that's why I never get the chance, never got the chance to be jealous of her, you know. I just like happy because she was being successful. 
Yeah, of course. Of course, you're not uh, jealous of Nachi, but that's that's how Seth is. But uh, the uh, our our guest uh, tomorrow is uh, Edwin and Gabriel. Ed- Edwin Najmi and Gabriel Arges, the two guys uh, teammates from Gracie Baja. So if you guys could try and think of something to ask them uh, when they come on. Oh man, Whoa. guys, this can be crazy. But I would love to see Hiba fighting Edwin. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good set it up. I would love to see that. <laughs> you know, this is, a, the, the, this is a match that never happened before. So I would love to see this match. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> All right. So the question then would be to Gabriel. And would Gabriel fight me? Because I need to beat him to become the first off flow grappling ring. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> pound for pound, best question ever asked. Right. By the way. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, perfect. All right, I love it. Well, guys, we have just a, a couple minutes left. Um, if you want to say something out there to your fans and family at home, a message you want to send them, this is uh, your chance to do that. So just want to thank you, every single one, all the our sponsor for the support, all the our friends. You know, like I don't, we don't actually have fans, we have friends. So thank you guys uh, for always for support us. You know, uh, make sure also you guys check it out on BJJ Fanatics. We have our first DVD that we released. So if you guys really want to, you know, like learn some. Good technique. Just go over there, check it out. The Lasso Queen, Natiel Jesus. And if you want to learn from the first, for the current world champion, medium heavyweight, uh, just check it out. The Nogi technique, trap walk system, so that way you guys can be entertained. Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you for all the sponsors. Uh, Natalia Shanti, her, uh, she's our health coach. Uh, thank you, Headbowy CBD. Thank you, Browse. Thank you, everyone, to support us. Oh, <laughs> and of course, thank you, Flow Grappling. Thank you, Mike, Chase, uh, Highwell, all of you guys, all the crew. You know, you guys are man. You guys are amazing. Like I was telling early, uh, in Brazil, people love you guys. You you don't even know, <laughs> but man, like yeah, man. Everybody wants to know what's happening. Everybody wants to hear Chase and Michael and Highwell speaking. That's it. Thanks, guys. You I got appreciate that. a lot of that. fans in Brazil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Hiba compete next month at Third Coast. It's so exciting that uh, Jiu-Jitsu is starting back up. Actually, by, by the time this airs, uh, it'll be the week of Fight to Win coming back. Hopefully, we see Nachi on some Fight to Win stuff this week or th- this month coming up. Uh, great shows coming up next week. We have, uh, like Ed- we said, Edwin and Gabriel on Monday. Mikey's coming on Tuesday. Wednesday's one I'm uh, excited for. Or, or no, who is Wednesday? When, is, is that Laborio and Bustamante? Or when, is that I think the, Wednesday's Laborio and Bustamante. Or no, these, this show will be Monday. Tuesday's my, uh, Gabriel Edwin because we're, we're pre-recording. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then Mikey, then Lab, uh, Laborio, Ricardo Laborio and Bustamante, and then Hulk. Okay. Busy week. He, Hibamar's old rival from when they were blue belts. Hey, you got any funny stories of when you used to compete against Hulk when you were a kid? Oh yeah, man! Hulk, he, like nobody never passed my guard when I was a blue belt, and then this guy showed up with the gi all, all like yellow, dirty, and I was like, man, I'm gonna kick the, this kid's ass, <laughs> and 
and then man, the the kid, this kid, it was just like big hands and skinny, but big hands and a lot of hair. And the guy, the kid just passed my guard. I was like, what? And then my brother said to me, "Are you scared to fight with another man?" <laughs> because I was. I, I don't even wanted to go to to the open class because he beat me pretty bad in the blue. Oh, then man. after one year after I, I was like man I need to lift weight and work out to beat this kid and then that's <laughs> when I I beat him the first time twice alright well uh, we'll share that one with him I'm going to play that video for Hulk when he comes on <laughs> alright guys <laughs> lo- events are coming back this is a really exciting time for Jiu Jitsu it's been a boring couple months but things are about to kick back up Hibamar Nacieli this is Honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes. We're 59 episodes in, I that's think. That's right. That's right. This is maybe my favorite episode ever. Those are some hilarious stories. All That was, yeah, great time with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank Talk you, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we're off. The-